I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, I'm Jimbo Paris, and welcome to the Jimbo Paris Show. Right now, I have Ana Reyes, and she is a fertility coach looking to help women deal with their fertility complications. All right, let's bring her on and see what she has to say. So, Ms. Reyes, can you kind of begin by giving me sort of a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Sure. My name is Ana Reyes, and I am a licensed holistic nutritional professional. I help fearless women to become moms and uh, feel fulfilled or complete when nothing works by rebuilding their fertility pyramid. And... If about myself, so like many of the coaches right out there, we start with something, right? With some problem or fear, which we used to have. So five years ago about, I had a hard time to conceive my first one. And that's probably when I went through a lot of hoops and loops of our traditional medicine system. So until I actually figured things out for myself and was able to conceive with the first try with my second baby. So that's when I understood that perhaps there is a need for other women to know what else can they do and how they can be advocate for themselves. So let me kind of bounce around here and kind of go into what type of content do you sort of offer to your audience? usually when it comes to social media and sort of educating that group? Sure. So I usually educate women, right, about their health, about their hormonal balances and uh, how we can troubleshoot these little areas and understand what is exactly going on inside their bodies. So that way they can actually understand what's going on and how they can fix it. Because unfortunately, our traditional medicine has only one road to faction and actually... Today, I was talking with one of my clients, and she told me that her doctor put her on metformin. This is the medication for for stabilizing your blood sugar, which is not really going to help her to conceive, as we already know all the pathways of the hormonal imbalances. So, Definitely. I'm very interested in sort of what your view is, is on the numerous complications of fertility and sort of how those work as well. So when we get into sort of how fertility works. What are some of the common causes of infertility from what you've seen? Oh, there are so many causes. <laughs> you see, the topic itself has been under-talked for a long time, right? Because let's be honest, it is expected for a couple once they get married, right, to have kids. And unfortunately, it was taught by our society that the process is so easy so we are basically most of our life, we are protecting ourselves from getting pregnant. Now, when it the time comes and you're ready to have a family, right? And what is the family? It's usually uh, the union, right? Now, right now, we have the differentiations of the unions, right? Where in both scenarios, still the child children are involved, right? So uh, there are a lot of things which women can face when she's trying to conceive, right? So this is first the expectation that things are going to happen just like that. And when the things are not happening, usually it's they're told to wait for one year. If things are still not going to happen, that's when the doctors start doing some tests and everything. Uh, from my practice, a lot of the things which are related to infertility would be conditions which are related to our hormonal disbalances, such as estrogen dominance, Conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids would be among probably the top of them. And there is another spectrum, which is called unexplained infertility, or basically how I called it, I don't know what's going on with you, so keep trying, right? So this is another area where doctors have no clue, Every, all the tests comes out fine, but still they can't conceive. And that must be very complicated and a little bit tough because... Even if they're having those problems, how do they know specifically what's causing them? How do you begin to crack down on what specifically is going on with the client? Can you sort of provide a story on one of your experiences on, you know, figuring out what was going on with your client? Right. 
There are a lot of, so usually like I'm going to go with traditional medicine first, right? Because that way we have the understanding how it is done there compared with what the holistic approaches are, right? So usually when you go to the doctor, right? So after one year of trying, and if you're past 35, I believe it's usually six months of trying and they usually do the blood panel and everything. And if nothing happens, they usually put you on the medication, Uh, which is usually either the overstimulating medications, basically to produce more eggs, right? So kind of like increasing your odds with having more quantity of eggs, right? Hoping that one will be finally fertilized. Um, if that's not gonna, uh, if that is not helping, then usually the course of action is going through IUI or insemination, right? Artificial insemination, basically. And if that's not gonna help, then people going through in vitro or IVF. Now, clients who I usually deal with either already went through all those stages, right? And they're the loss because none of these procedures really help them. Because let's be honest, these are more like technical things which are trying to help your body to conceive. At the same time, it's not addressing the cause of what's actually going on with your body and why you can't really conceive, right? So sometimes when you're addressing it, artificially right and creating life artificially your body still has to take over that embryo right and if your body is not able to then nothing is going to happen right and that's why a lot of girls come to me right and uh, trying to understand what's going on in their body so with my approach there are Basically, I created six steps, right, on how to figure things out, right? And I do provide with some sort of the testing, uh, which is much different from what the doctors are doing in their office, right? So usually they check your hormonal balances based on the blood. Test which I use is calling the dried, uh, dried urine uh, testing for comprehensive hormones or Dutch testing, which allows you to see your hormones basically in dynamic, right? When you go to the doctor, it's usually take a blood static test. Here, we actually do tests throughout your whole cycle to understand where you're hormonally, when you actually ovulate, and where inside your body on that hormonal level, you may have those hiccups because the whole test allows you to see all those little breakdowns of how your hormones started developing, how they broke down into progesterone, estrogen, and then how they were eliminated throughout your body. And if any of those processes are congested, that's when we are able to add certain supplements or certain lifestyle changes to help your body basically heal from the inside. How do most people feel when they begin to work with you? What are sort of the emotional things that sort of occur in people's heads when they first begin to learn about you because you probably draw them into a pretty large rabbit hole, I bet. Well, here's the thing. A lot of girls who are going through infertility, right? So they are already at the stage where they want to do something, but they just don't know what to do, right? They're at the loss. They feel broken because at the end of the day, what they want to feel, they want to feel complete, right? Complete as a woman and complete as a family. So when they come to me, they're usually at a loss because they've tried everything and anything and nothing works. So they try to look alternative ways, right, to find out what is exactly going in their body and whether they can fix it. Specifically, was there any person that sort of motivated you to get into this a lot more frequently? Were there other sort of fertility coaches that you sort of met along the way? that were also influenced and motivated to help other people and to help families sort of better themselves? Right. So my whole journey, right, so I already said at the beginning, was started with uh, my own struggle because I can definitely relate to any woman who is struggling with fertility. Uh, at the same time, my journey actually started from my baby. So my six-month uh, baby who basically when she turned six months and that's the time when you started introducing solids, I started to look at the labels, started looking more into what she's eating. And that's actually what's brought me to understanding that nutrition is pretty much what I'm interested in doing anyways, because I've been interested in this topic for a long, long time. And being in mat leave, because I used to be a lawyer. <laughs> so being in mat leave kind of motivated me to do my passion, right? To go back to school and study something that I really, really passionate about. Now, the fertility itself started with myself, right? Because going through all the pain with trying to conceive the first baby, 
inspired me basically to find the answers for myself first because we conceived, yes, after two years of trying, but we had no clue what happened, right? And why it didn't happen early and what helped us to conceive with the first one, right? So I started digging more into that, learning a lot from uh, my school, from the nutritional school where I went. I started to dig more into the studies about nutrition and how like different supplements can impact your body, all the processes which a woman goes through all the cycle, because let's be honest, a lot of women know they have the beginning and the end of the cycle, but not, not a lot of people, women would know what is exactly going on in their body throughout the whole cycle, right? So it's just down the road when they start learning that, oh, well, we have ovulation, so we actually need to start tracking it, right? Oh, we have those hormones called estrogen and progesterone. So if they are in disbalance, so we have a hard time to conceive, right? So all those little things help myself, right? So we went with my husband for quite strong regime and I'd say that way which I'm not doing that with my clients <laughs> understanding that's quite harsh was for us but I was quite committed person so we went for about six to nine months of uh, in that regime and when we actually decided to have a second baby so first try right now later I you know with fertility it's kind of like not the topic which everybody definitely talk on the streets right so you're not going to go to your friend and say hey we're actually trying to conceive, but we have a hard time, right? Not a discussion at the table. And just later, when I started to um, more sharing my story, I found that some of my good friends, actually best friends, were having a hard time with their husbands to conceive, right? So they were inspired by my action and they were wanted to know exactly what we did, right? So a few friends did the same stuff and they got pregnant without no problem. So that is exactly where I started to feel that. This is it. This is exactly what I want to share with everybody else, right? So that way um, they will be able to understand what's going inside their body and will be able to nourish their body and help their bodies to heal from the inside because we all have that, that ability in our bodies to heal, right? And I think the university was called the Canadian Holistic Institute of Nutrition. Right. Canadian Association for Integrative Nutrition. Yes. Yeah. How did you get your licensing? How did your holistic licensing sort of come about? I'm interested to know about that because that's sort of a stage in the middle of your life where you begin to build up knowledge. How is holistic studies on sort of infertility different from more of the common westernized approach? I'm interested right. to know. Well, the holistic approaches, right, and they include the nutrition, right, naturopathic doctors, uh, acupuncturists, um, homeopaths, right. So there's a whole area of uh, the holistic professionals in, um, um, in this department. And there are a big difference between what the holistic doctors are doing or holistic professionals and the traditional uh, medicine. So the traditional medicine basically tries to fix everything not from understanding what's actually going on inside of your body, but the symptoms, right? So you come to the doctor, you have a headache, you got a pill from your headache, right? At the same time, they don't take time to understand why the heck you're having a headache, right? In the first place, right? Many girls are actually struggling with the headaches, right? During their ovulation or closer to their menstrual um, menstruation because of the um, hormones which are circulating throughout their body through, uh, through this time, Right. Take a pill. This will be the approach for, uh, from the traditional medicine. Get the understanding of what actually goes on in your body and what maybe uh, nutritional deficiencies are happening or maybe some uh, processes need more support. This is the holistic approach. With nutrition, so there's also, if you know, um, there are dietitians, right? And there are holistic um, nutritionists, two different areas too, right? So with dietitians, Apart that they're getting, uh, just like doctors, uh, their education, they're more guided by certain rules, right, which they, uh, the American society is, is telling them, right? So they have certain guidelines, which they can't really, really go above or be, <laughs> be above them. So with holistic nutrition, it's a little different because we look at the body as the more of the, uh, as the whole thing, the whole system, we, where all the processes are interconnected, right? So if one process has problem then the whole system starting giving you symptoms right and that's where we need to understand what was the core problem of that of uh, that specific problem again <laughs> that mm. makes sense. 
Yeah, so what I'm getting is Western infertility sort of looks more at diet, very structured and linear, and then linearly. And sort of the more holistic approach looks at sort of the whole body. Exactly. Kind of reminds me of traditional Chinese medicine because yes. it kind of complements everything. Exactly. Now, when you begin to get into holistic infertility, what were the common myths and misconceptions you had? And then after that, I'm going to ask you, what are some of the common myths and misconceptions a lot of other people that go to you may have initially at the start? Right. So, like, our society is generally taught, right, that should something happens, we're going to the doctors, right? And it's just past that time when you go to the doctor and you hear that word unexplained infertility, right? That's when you have two options, right? You either keep trying, right? And uh, we all know that um, doing the same thing over and over again equals insanity, right? Or or you can go and try to figure things out on yourself because your doctor basically told you that they have no clue what's going on with you, right? So that's basically <laughs> the two different approaches. And unfortunately, the doctors, most of the doctors would have that throat, which I already told you, right? Medication, IUI, IVF. Uh, if IVF doesn't work, they propose you with uh, with a donor egg or sperm, depending on whose infertility, right, is prevailing. Is it female or male infertility? If that's not going to happen, then they move you to the surrogate. If surrogate doesn't happen, your only option is adopt, right? So these are basically the only options which the traditional med- medicine is offering. I know a good uh, option. She She's an MD, right? So she's a medical doctor and she left her profession from the medical uh, sphere because, because of that approach, right? That's the traditional medicine does not allow you to go into more holistic approaches, right? To see your body as a whole thing, trying to understand the solutions, which is also different from saying where I originally I'm from, where the medicine is kind of the holistic and the traditional med- medicine are all united, right? So if you're going to go to the doctor in Russia, for example, and uh, going through infertility, even IVF clinics would have first the holistic approaches where they ask the patients to go through um, certain lifestyle changes, through certain supplementations before you even jump into IVF. So that way your body is more prepared, more supported for the whole process itself. Quite interesting. And you said Russia? Yes. Wow. Okay. Are you from Russia or? Yes, I'm originally from Russia. Okay, okay. And sort of hit this off more, why do you think in some areas traditional medicine avoids the holistic side? Why do you think that occurs? That would be an interesting question. I have no clue. (laughs) So I know that there are certain guidelines which the doctors have to be, right? And there is the whole big conspiracy theory that the pharmaceutical companies are benefiting, right? So basically, when you graduate from the medical society, that's what I heard. So if any of the medical doctors are hearing me, (laughs) I might be wrong, but that's what I heard. That uh, once you graduate from the um, from the university, right? So you're you're having that pharmaceutical rep representative who will be basically um, helping you to find the right medication for different symptoms, right? So at the same time, even though the medics are going through the whole system, right, of anatomy and everything, like how diseases are forming, they're mostly taught to to cure this disease by applying those drugs, right, instead of just using some um, lifestyle changes, right? On the opposite side, in Russia, the way how the medics are taught, right, it's, again, the the combination of both, just like I think in China, right, (laughs) right now. So the combination of both when they first um, ask you to do certain lifestyle changes and then um, and apply the medication as the complementary thing, right? So just kind of like improving uh, your odds, saying that way. I can give you an example from my life, right? When I was 19 about, and I was diagnosed with fibroids, and I was supposed to have a surgery, and my option went to the, um, um, to the, what is called the professor, right? So the higher range of the doctors, and the professor told her, well, try her on the extract of broccoli, <laughs> right for uh, for three months and then if that's not going to help you can do the surgery right because 19 years old is quite young to have any surgeries right and believe it or not the thing just disappeared within uh, a few months after right so i have never had those ones after that so that's being said when 
some other doctors are thinking, right? So what could be the problem? Because the broccoli extract helps you to uh, decrease the estrogen in your body, right? That's exactly uh, when you have the increase of the estrogen in your body, you're more prominent to have uh, fibroids or uh, or estrogen uh, dominant conditions such as PCOS or, or endometriosis. Eliminate the cause, right? Everything is going to be fine. So your symptoms will disappear. And so this broccoli thing, is uh, was that more on the holistic side of things? Yes. Okay. Okay. And the other option was, of course, surgery. So yes. Wow. So how do other traditional doctors absorb this information? Do they just no can't be like that, or are they more on the questioning side now? It depends, right, on the doctor. I know a few doctors who are taking the holistic approaches, even if they are in the US or or in Canada, right? So I'm like I live in Canada, but I I know a few US doctors who. Uh, wrote the holistic books, right, about the hormonal balances and how certain lifestyle changes and uh, certain diets, certain supplements can help you to eliminate certain conditions, right? It depends on the doctor, right? So some doctors uh, do get further education, right, about uh, different areas, whether it comes to the pharmaceuticals or whether it comes to the holistic approaches. And some doctors are just goes with the protocols, right, whatever they were taught to have and prescribe, Right. And the other side, I know um, I was talking to one of the nurses in the in the fertility clinics. So she was telling me that a lot of fertility doctors are nowadays super overwhelmed just because the fertility is really on the rise nowadays. And they just don't have time to educate themselves on the certain mainstreams, right? When they talk, uh, when we talk about holistic approaches, right? Certain supplements, certain studies, which are done regardless uh, regarding these supplements. So they just don't know about it. And we sort of get more into this. What were some of the situations that you had to deal with and overcome going down your career path into sort of going up in your profession and also building up your own business? That is a fantastic topic to talk about, right? So I think anybody who starts with online business, right, have a hard time to break through because we're considering that like online is a huge space, right? A lot of opportunities. At the same time, let's be honest, how many people are truly buying from Facebook or through Instagram, right? There is that like and trust moments, especially when it comes to online business, right? And for my side, dealing with fertility, which is quite a sensitive topic to begin with, and then telling people that, you know what? You can actually change your lifestyle, right? Uh, take some supplements and you'll get pregnant so people are kind of on the side like really are you really telling me that because i tried like doctors they're telling me there is nothing like ever ever is going to help me unless i'm going to keep trying with ivf right so there is that doubt side always always so with um with that being said it, it takes a while and it took me a while to break through this disbelief, right? Until I started to showcase uh, women who are not only myself, right? Because I'm a good showcasing <laughs> study for what can be done, right? At the same time, girls who started working with me, right? And we had St. Megan uh, straight, which actually delivered the baby two days ago. Wonderful baby girl. She started with me and five weeks after basically the next cycle, they were able to conceive after 18 months of struggling with fertility. And that being said, they are, she is from the medical profession herself too, right? So um, they are the dentists, no, sorry, um, uh, optometrists. So Mm. their business is optometrists, yeah. Okay, okay. And if someone wanted to pursue a career similar to yours... What type of advice would you specifically give to them? You have to. <laughs> it depends. I know a lot of fertility coaches, and I'd say that the majority of the fertility coaches, they are they went through infertility themselves, right? They have that pain and that passion for what they are doing, just like myself. At the same time, I know a few professionals who are also in the fertility niche, and they... Um, they have never had any problems uh, with fertility. I actually know um, the acupuncturist, uh, a male, who is dealing with female infertility, right? And 
one of the things which you have to have a passion to what you're doing, right? So, and it comes to any profession which we're talking about, right? So whether it's going to be um, coaching, whether it's going to be banking, lawyers, right? If you don't have a passion, um, you will hard, it will be hard time for you to break through, right? Uh, your own moments. And if we're talking about the holistic approaches, right? And health, then... Um, understanding which area you want to be specializing. As I said, I love nutrition. Like this has been my passion since I was a teenager. Um, name any of these uh, BBC um, episodes, Horizon, BBC Horizon episodes, right? I knew them all about related to nutrition. Um, was always interested in this topic, right? So when I went to the school, I actually graduated. It's, it's a, a two and a half year uh, commitment. I graduated it within a year because I was so wanted to um, to know everything that the school could provide me, right? And then after when I started to buying all the books about the hormones and just understanding exactly how um, our body works, right? So as I said, passion and uh, knowledge, right? And then um, practice, right? You're, you are your own practice when it comes to the health, right? If you can't be, if you can't get results for yourself, how can you get results with somebody else, right? And what types of ways do you specifically cure clients besides things like diets? Are there certain, because you do have certain backgrounds in other areas too. I'm just thinking, what other ways do you have of treating clients besides diet per se? You know, it's definitely not medical drugs. So what else could it be? I'm just curious. Well, you see, it's the combination, right? So we actually start with a mindset first. <laughs> you see, anything when it comes to changes, our mind will always say no, right? So when people come to me, right, as the typical American diet, and I'm telling them, well, you would have to get rid of certain foods, you're going to get res- uh, that um, resentment, right? They don't want to get uh, get rid of certain things which they love, right? So getting them in the right mindset is the first thing which we're actually doing first, right? Um, knowing their goals, feeling that pain, which if they want to do anything, that's they're going to keep struggling, right? It doesn't matter if they're going to go through, uh, will try to, do, uh, to conceive uh, naturally or if they still want to go through IVF. I actually have a client who's sti- like, who is working with me even though she, um, she goes through IVF process, right? She still understands that she needs to have her body prepared before even jumping into the process itself, right? Um, lifestyle changes, right, which includes not only diet itself, not only nutrition, even though we are what we eat. Let's start this way. Um, I always tell my clients, Imagine if your body is a temple. So if your body is in temple, how are you going to treat your body, right? Are you going to eat all the junk food, which you already know? It's like putting the garbage in the temple, right? (laughs) Or are you going to actually take care and provide all the nutrition which your temple needs? Uh, What else your temple would need, right? Good cleaning, right? And making sure that it's physically fit, right? I'm not a personal trainer. At the same time, I'm... um, providing with some sort of guidelines, right, on what type of exercises are benefiting, the especially the hormonal balances for women. Sleep, right, anything related to sleep. We need our body to get enough sleep to uh, rejuvenate throughout the night. If you're not getting enough sleep, your body has no ability to go in the deep uh, sleep stage where your body is basically recovering, right? As I said, our body has the ability to heal from the inside. So all those little changes, right, and plus supplements, right, um, a lot of girls who try to do something holistic, they jump into supplements right away, avoiding those first steps, right? Creating that full foundation in their body. And what happens is that supplements are could be a fantastic tool, right? Only if you already have a good foundation. Otherwise, they're useless. Plus, uh, supplements, because they're not regulated, right? So unlike with a medication, which is regulated, right? Um, supplements are not regulated. So a lot of people just buy any type of supplements they think is going to help them without understanding how exactly the supplement actually works for their body. I have a lot of girls who saying buy uh, Vitex and then they come over and say, well, my period disappeared. 
Yes, because probably progesterone, which is actually how Vitex is working, right? It helps you to increase your progesterone, perhaps was not the problem, right? So perhaps it was something else in your body, uh, which was not allowing to conceive, right? Without knowing what exactly it is, adding any kind of supplement, supplement may be actually hurtful for your body. So just understanding those little things, right? Understanding exactly uh, what's going in your body, what is exactly going exactly in your body, right? Because we're all different. So, and when we talk about fertility, it's not like fits everybody type of approach. It has to be really designed for you. Even when we talk about the diet, right? Because we share different DNA, um, everybody has their own way of digesting food, right? And they have their own predispositions to certain diseases too, right? So one person has no problem to tolerate gluten, that which is bread, right? The other person, because of some sort of the DNA, which came from uh, from their parents, have a hard time to actually digest the food and it increases the inflammation. If your body is in inflammation, it's like when you're catching a flu, right? The only thing which you can think about when you have a flu is laying down and don't touch me, right? Kind of thing. So that's the same thing. Your body will be thinking when it's in inflammation. So uh, reproductive organs are on hold at this time, right? So it's a little more into that than just eat healthy, have your greens, right? Exercise, have your normal sleep, right? Um, it's all about what is exactly suitable for your body. Where is that little hiccup which your body has? And this is exactly what we're trouble, troubleshooting, right? Hmm. It's very interesting. And we'll kind of get into inflammation a little bit more because I think that's sort of the root of a lot of issues. Yes. You know? Yeah. But... You were talking before about supplement usage. Why do you think, you know, teenagers or people in this Western culture in general have this tendency towards supplements? And what are kind of the rules and regulations? What's sort of the prime definition of a drug between a supplement? Because I think that's important for a lot of people to know. Right. Well, the drug is usually the synthetic, <laughs> right? Something synthetically created to help you with certain it was a certain symptom, right? And it's regulated. So that means that only your doctor, well, unless it is comes to your cough, right? The common cold or uh, some digestive problems, right? So anything else is basically has to be prescribed by doctors, right? Which makes sense uh, because if we would have the uh, the whole access to the pharmaceuticals, right? So think about it, how our, our nation would be, right? Without knowing what is exactly going in your body and just taking whatever you think, you have, right? It may not work, right? And this is still, I think, in a lot of uh, countries, right, where, for example, in Russia, the even though you have to go th theoretically to the doctor, right, the doctor prescribe you certain uh, antibiotics, you still can go to the pharmacy and get antibiotics there without prescription, right? So I think the way how everything is structured here in the Western world, right, so in the US and Canada, it's actually not too bad because you still want to see the professional. Now, when it comes to supplements, that is different. So the supplements are something that is derived basically from um, from the plants, right, or from the animals. So depending on what type of supplement we're talking about, right? And because it's, it doesn't have really regulation, you can buy anything, right? And thinking that it's going to help. Yes, it says on the bottles, usually, what is it for, right? Just like those fertility mixes or fertility teas, which supposed to help you with fertility, right? But I have so many things inside which may not actually promote your fertility, but do more harm than good, right? Because as I said, it's not regulated. Nobody is tracking what's going on actually with your body, right? So you can buy anything and thinking that it's going to help you. Now, the other thing when it comes to supplements, there is the good differentiation between natural supplements and synthetic, right? When you go to the ordinary drugstore and saying, Jameson, I think that's the name of their common uh, supplemental company, right? When you can buy in any stores. So these are the types of the synthetic vitamins or supplements, right? And the difference is that our body is not designed to protest this type of uh, synthetic supplements. It just can't process it. It's actually processing the liver and your liver is can't absorb certain nutrients, right? So it's basically a useless thing. When it comes to the natural supplements or natural vitamins, which are cost more, right? Your body's protested through your small intestine, which is exactly where the normal food would have been absorbed, right? So your body can actually have some sort of benefits, right? So there's a lot when it comes to the supplements. 
Why do you think there was sort of a rise in a lot of these synthetic supplements? They're cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Just like when we talked at the beginning, right, about the tests, right, and why a lot of doctors like going through the blood serum test when it comes to hormones, right? They're cheaper than if you would be doing the dried urine tests, right? Just more technology involved. Same with uh, natural and synthetic stuff, right? Synthetics is much cheaper, right? Same when you go to the store, right? Uh, what is going to cost more to you to buy the plastic container or to buy glass or stainless steel containers? Well, yeah, obviously the plastic. <laughs> right? So a lot of uh, people would get the synthetic vitamins because they think it's going to help, right? But they don't understand that they, your body can't really even process those things to even benefit their bodies. Let me look more into this. You know, now that I think about it, it just seems like a business game, you know, cutting costs, mass production, you know, it's quite fascinating. But, you know, this is why we have people like you to kind of help balance that out. Now, the next thing I want to look at is inflammation. What do you think are the common causes of inflammation and how do you think You sort of were going into how the body reacts to inflammation, but sort of kind of jump more in depth into that. I think that's a very interesting topic. It surely is. And um, remember when in my statements, there is the words fertility pyramid. So the inflammation will be basically the foundation of that pyramid or the foundation of any type of health we're talking about, whether we talk about fertility or any kind of problem, right? And the reason for that is that, as I said, the process itself is when your body is inflamed, right, it has certain process which it has to fight with, um, all other processes are, are on hold because your body also sees this as stress. And just like we know with a stress response, right, when you basically have all your blood circulating to your muscles to escape the tiger, right? So it's the same basically thing which is happening uh, inside your body when something is inflamed. Now, one of the major cause of inflammation would be the digestion, right? And this is something that we touched about, right, when it comes to the DNA level, right? Because we're so different, we all digest food differently, even though we have the same pathways, right, going through our mouth and we know where it ends. (laughs) But at the same time, right, most of the things which are observed are through our small intestine. And our small intestine is um, a singular cell, like single layer cell um, type of um, organ, right? So which means is that the things can go easily in and out, right? It does have a smart system to sort things out, right? So the foreign objects are not going to go out and circulate in your blood. At the same time, when there is something that keeps inflaming, right, your small intestine and this little, this very thin layer of cells, something can escape, right? Just like uh, the good example for this would be celiac, right? Uh, people who do have celiac disease, right? They uh, they know what it means when they get when they get a little piece of gluten circulating their blood, right? They get in this huge reaction about it because um, their small intestine allowed to get escape those little uh, protein, right, which is gluten, uh, into their bloodstream, which was causing which where their body starts thinking it as an invader and attacking it, right. And because during this attack, it's kind of can't separate the invader and your own blood cells. That's how we get autoimmune diseases, right? So basically, all the inflammation starts with our gut because that's our main uh, immune system and how they call it is the second brain. Yeah, I've heard that before. The gut is actually the second brain. Yeah. And, and the heart might be the third brain, I think. But, you know, but can you sort of go into depth on, you know, why the gut is the second brain because we are what we eat right so we are like without food right we know that we die right what five days after without water three days after so if you can't process certain foods right throughout your gut because your gut is the one which helps you to um, digest the food properly and uh, absorb the nutrients from those food right so if you can't do that your body can get those nutrients and that will compromise certain body processes, right? Just like without your brain, you cut your head, you can't leave. If your gut can't digest food, right? So you're going to get certain conditions which are going to impact your lifestyle, right? Or can even be like really hurtful for you. And speaking of gut, we should also kind of go more into nutrition as well. So 
do you think people with different exercise levels, people with different body types and people with different weight ranges tend to experience infertility or not? I think infertility hits everybody, right? Hmm. So I can say that even myself, right? Totally healthy individual, right? Um, no problem at all. No heart diseases, no diabetes, no allergies, like healthy, right? Have a hard time to conceive. Not fat, <laughs> as far as you can see, right? Uh, exercising, like wasn't sports since I was four years old, right? Either, either dancing or sports. So I think infertility doesn't choose or pick, right? If we're talking about statistics, right? So among the doctors, um, they're usually saying that if you are past 35, right? Because uh, women have certain time limits, right? For conception uh, before they're kind of losing their reserve, so past 35, they have a harder time to conceive, right? So we're talking about the age. At the same time, I came up to the understanding that age may matter. At the same time, I had the girls who would be 25 years old, right? And they would still have a hard time to conceive. So I think that it's more about the quality when we're talking about, right? And the quality depends, obviously, on the quality of your health, right? And the way how you are treating your body, right? As for the uh, obesity, same thing, right? I had a colleague from my uh, work who conceived no problem. And um, she her BMI would have been quite high considered even for the for the IVF processes where you need to have it at about at least 34. So hers was about 36, 37. So she had no, uh, no, no problem to conceive. I do have girls with PCOS where having a little overweight is kind of comes together with this disease who do have problems to conceive. I had girls with PCOS who had no problem to conceive at all, right? So it's kind of like hits and miss, right? Understanding what your body actually needs to consider safe inside your body so that way it can concentrate on the reproduction function. Because if your body has other priorities, right, just one of them would be keeping your life, right? So if your body has other priorities, so obviously it will have a hard time to focus on that secondary function, which is reproduction. Wow, okay. And when we look more into this, let's sort of look more at your business now. So what type of services and products do you necessarily provide to your clients? And you can also provide me the website. And if you'd like to share your screen here as well, that'd be great too. Your right. Choice. We're actually going to have our live webinar in the group, which is uh, Fertility, Goddess, uh, Fertility Secrets for Fearless Goddesses Trying to Conceive. <laughs> Big world. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of uh, girls in there and we are launching our first webinar which will be live and it's totally free so anybody who wants to join can definitely do that as for the services so far like we have two types so it's either one-on-one -on -one coaching with me which includes the dutch testing and um, uh, it's a six-month uh, service where i guide you throughout the whole process understanding what is exactly going on in your body we're doing the test to understand those little misses so that way we can targetly uh, tell you solutions as to your diets as to the nutrition right as to the supplements and how to support your body the best way so that way it can focus on uh, the fertility and your production uh, reproductive function or that could be the group coaching, right? Where we go every week live and um, whether I answer the questions or I guide people through knowing what is exactly they're struggling with, whether it's mindset, right? Where people think that they have, there's nothing ever going to help them, right? <laughs> they tried everything and anything. They struggle with uh, going with a healthier lifestyle, right? So I guide them through this process in the group coaching. And uh, now we're also including the Dutch testing into the group coaching prog uh, program as well. And we're looking at clients here in general. Who do you think is your ideal client per se? You know, it's a really great question because originally when I was started thinking right about who I want to attract because I'm working with attractive marketing, right? So I'm attracting people. I don't call message anybody. <laughs> so I was thinking more of a women uh, between 35 and 40. And now I realize that a lot of girls who are past 40, right? They have even good chances, right? Of, um, bringing their body into the best shape ever, right? And getting their eggs as, as most quality as they, that they can generally have, right? Because when we talk again about fertility, we're talking about the quality versus quantity, right? So 
I would say these are women, right, who are struggling fertility. Either it's um, somewhere between 35, I guess, and 45, <laughs> struggling with fertility, were diagnosed with uh, conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, or unexplained infertility, who were at their highest uh, win because they tried everything and anything. Nothing seems to be helping, right? They're looking for some solutions, some answers that doctors, unfortunately, can't provide to them. Want to understand exactly how their body works from the inside. Uh, Want to take time to do that. So that way they know exactly what could be the, that missing key, right, to that door of fertility, which they can open easily after. Speaking of that door of infertility, do you think coming back from this pandemic, did you get more clients or did you get less? Was there any change in sort of the level of issues you were having with different clients? Honestly, not. <laughs> I know that a lot of people were looking to the pandemic because they were locked with their spouses right, for a year. And um, I know a lot of girls were uh, getting pregnant, right? But I also know a lot of girls who did not, right? And it's kind of hit their minds even more because um, they were thinking that the more they try, right, the more uh, they're going to hit it finally. And they didn't. So it's kind of bring their mindset even more down that they even started, right? So business-wise, I had the same stream of clients, to be honest. So there was no really changes. As I said, unfortunately, infertility doesn't hit specific type of people, right? It hits everybody, even male. Yeah, yeah. So do you think fertility could also be a hereditary thing? Certain people will generally get it more in different seasons and so forth and we may get a little bit more spiritual here, but do you think it could also be connected to sort of different horoscopes or different types of individuals in general? I don't think that it's uh, it's more related to horoscopes and uh, anything else, but I do believe in the epigenetics, if you ever heard this term, right? Uh, which means is that if if somebody had some sort of problem right before conceiving, it's basically is programmed into your DNA or DNA of your child, right? So which means is that it's not necessarily that the child is going to inherit it, but what it means is that the child will be predisposed to certain diseases. And what I mean is that, for example, a lot of girls who are diagnosed, say, in their puberty with PCOS, their parents may not necessarily have PCOS. At the same time, they had diabetes. And PCOS is related to high insulin, right, or insulin resistance, which is close to diabetes, right? So which tells us, right, that that was inherited. And because their genes were activated by their lifestyle, just like there were studies between twins, right, when where the parents had some sort of disease, right, and both of the twins obviously would inherit it. But one twin would actually get it while the other one wouldn't, right? Because uh, one twin would actually have certain, uh, certain conditions, right? Uh, Mats, meaning that their lifestyle choices and everything impacted for that gene to be activated, right? So when we talk about infertility, right? And I know a lot of girls with PCOS, they're wondering if their children will inherit it. So as I said, it probably will be in their genes, but if from the beginning you will be able to inspire your child, right, to have a healthier lifestyle and knowing how they can manage the symptoms, even though they may not have that gene activated, it's going to help them to avoid that problem down the road. Speaking of children, have you ever seen any, what are some of the sort of later issues you see with children? Are there any things that sort of go on, maybe something similar to maybe fetal alcohol syndrome, some type of condition you see afterwards that you may have to work on with the children too? Or is it more focused on the bearer? I'm more working with women, right? So I don't right. really work much with the kids. At the same time, what I notice is that and nowadays, right, a lot of girls are getting their period quite early, right? And most of them, um, because of the estrogen dominance, right, which means that their bodies are producing more estrogen. So they're kind of maturing faster than women before used to be, right? So normally the girls like would be getting their periods between age 12 and 14. So nowadays, a lot of girls would be getting it at eight, seven years old, right? At the same time, there are there is another spectrum, right, where girls don't get their period at all. Like they're like one, you know, one of a kind in the class where they just don't get period uh, because, again, they may have PCOS, right, already developed throughout this time. And 
How did you begin to draw in your audience and sort of collect a good book of clients? How did you begin to get people into your business? Because you had the licenses, you have the skills, but it takes a different set of talents to actually bring people in and properly market yourself. How does that work? I notice you're pretty active on Facebook, you know, sort of go into how you use social media, sort of those areas, because I think that's something a lot of different people can relate to, even ones that are starting their own business. Right. And as I said, like online coaching, right, is a quite uh, a topic to discuss. When I was originally, right, because I started helping my, my friends, they, then uh, they were referring their friends. So it's kind of like started expanding as that way. And because most of my friends were in Russia, right, so it's kind of went international <laughs> right across the border. But then later, right, when I started doing things online, it was different. I had money, right, uh, like I sold my beautiful camera. So I used to take a lot of photos. Um, so I had a lot of creativity going on over here. Um, so I sold my camera to afford to have a business coach. And I was so excited to actually have one, right? Because, you know, you're kind of like thinking that you'll have help and somebody's going to help you to grow your business. And that was the first miss, right? So that's when I realized that there are different types of coaches, right, out there. Um, so I had to go through a few before I actually found a really good coach, uh, which helped me to uncover my own strength, right? Understand what, how I can work with my fears and make them, instead of fears, basically my benefits. Uh, right now, I feel fine on the camera, but two years ago, watch my videos. <laughs> there would be a scared person just standing in front of a camera, right? Uh, because as I said, a lot of us are dealing with that fear of rejection, right? So not being heard, not being understood. So that's exactly what you're dealing with when you're going in online world because you're here on the camera, you're in front of a lot of people, right? So it's easy to feel. And then again, you don't feel that connection to the audience either, right? Because you're talking to the camera. <laughs> quite quite interesting, right? So yes, it's not until I found a really good coach which helped me to just uncover my own strength. I asked this question about all my coaches, but what is your unique definition on what a coach is? I think the coach is, so we're always like thinking about the coach of somebody who is, has like certain strategies, right? And that's exactly what I was thinking in the beginning until I found the other coach, which taught me absolutely different, right? A good coach is somebody who can actually understand you, right? Understand your strength and guide you through the process. So that way you will be able to find your own answers, which everybody has inside them, right? That inner wisdom to get that confidence to actually believe that what you're thinking is actually what is the right thing for you. And what do you think is the difference in your eyes between a coach and someone who counsels? Do you, what is your view on that? That brings me to the counseling, to the psychological counseling. <laughs> we had a counsel, uh, like I had a counsel, right? Psychological counsel. And I can say that from my experience, that uh, my counsel, I don't know if it is true for the profession or not, but uh, he loved to give you uh, strategies, right? So he would tell you, do this, try this, right? While my coach is more like, what is it about? Like you're a your hard time to like close the deal. What was this about? why was it right it's not because the person rejected you but it must be something else which happened during the call right about your own strength maybe you felt that this deal is not going to go through right and it impacted the whole conversation between the client and you right so as i said the coach is more of the person who tries to guide you through your own strength and abilities rather than telling you what you to do right so like from a to z when guarding your clients what are some of the the best success stories you've had? So I had two. <laughs> so one would be the Megan Stretch, right? So I'm allowed to use her name, um, who, as I said, like they've been trying to conceive for a while. They had unexplained infertility and she was, even though she was from, uh, she's from the medical profession, she still felt that she can't conceive naturally, that her body has everything it needs to do that, right? So she already had a quite established good lifestyle, right? They had a healthy diet. She was exercising. Um, I can say that she was exercising even pretty much until she gave birth a couple of days ago. I had her pictures of doing the planks, right? With a big belly. Quite fascinating. 
but within a few weeks of working with her, right, we understood what was the problem, right? And when she was able to fix it, and for her, it was the stress, which was coming from her um, managerial position, right? Because she was basically leading her father's business. When she was able to control it, right, to understand what works for her, to m- mitigate it, the things happen for her, right? As just I said, just like one little cause, right, can, uh, can cause so much damage to your body. And the other success would be uh, Luana. And she now, she had a different story because she's vegan, which means that she doesn't consume any kind of animal flesh. And she was told by another nutritionist, by the way, that in order for her to conceive, she has to start eating meat. And this is actually one of the common things which the dietitian or the nutritionist may tell you, right? Because we know that our body needs amino acids, right? In order to, for certain hormones to be developed. When we started working with her, that's when I realized that this is exactly what is the problem. So her body doesn't get certain nutrients enough, even though like she uh, she was trying to substitute it with a certain with certain supplements. So we just added a few because uh, based on her symptoms, I saw that this is the caps which needs to be sealed before we even move forward. And I believe three to four months. That's when she texted that she got pregnant. And she actually went through IVF a few years ago. And um, the first time when we were talking to her, she was literally crying on my call because all the experience through IVF, I have all the sympathy for girls who actually decide to go through IVF, right? The number of shots, all this medical facility stuff, right? It's definitely take that intimacy portion of having a baby right out of you. It's a really emotionally and physically draining process. And um like I'm fascinated for girls who keep going like with numbers of IVFs because uh, Luana couldn't. And she said that if she can't conceive naturally, she's not going to do another round, but she was able to conceive naturally. So how much do you think belief is important in all of this? Do you think believing has an impact as well on the effects of your, on your treatments, on your clients? Absolutely. You know, if you're going to go to the doctor even, right, uh, with a skeptical point of view, right, even if you're going to get the right drugs, more likely they're not going to do much thing, right? (laughs) Because believing in what you're doing and that is going to help is one of the things, right? Uh, There were studies talking about the placebo effect, right? Because placebo is actually a thing when a person takes the placebo pill, right, thinking that it's actually going to treat and they magically start start healing, right? I was uh, listening to Tony Robbins the other day and he was talking about the case where he had a friend who was dying from cancer. So when they first diagnosing cancer, so they uh, told, they asked the doctors not to tell the person uh, about the condition, right? So they were more like trying to motivate the person, right? That everything's going to be fine. And surprisingly, the cancer actually stopped, right? Developing. Not until uh, there was something else happened in their life, right? And that uh, friend or the person went back to uh, to the uh, facility and the doctors told them him uh, before even talking to Tony Robbins and their family, right? They talked to the person that uh, he's dying from cancer. His motivation, right, was at zero and he passed away from the cancer, right? So hope, right? Motivation is definitely a thing, even if we talk about uh, our health. It's a big thing. And this may be a different question, but we may be jumping back here, but what motivated you to choose holistic over the traditional? Because you, you had a path to pick from. I just find it interesting that you picked one over the other, because you could have gone down both paths. I could. And I was considering to go with a dietitian route, right? Mm-hmm. Until I talked to the dietitian <laughs> and find out a little more of the insights, right? About the differences, right? That yeah. uh, you have your own guidelines, which you have to follow, right? In order for you to keep the license, just like with uh, the medical professionals, right? So you can't go like anywhere else, right? So you have to go with those guidelines, and with holistic, right, it's absolutely different washing the way how your body is. So when I started first looking into the holistic nutrition, right, so I had my own research. And then again, the disappointment, right, which I went through with my doctors, right, which couldn't figure out the thing. Um, I was prescribed with the medication, as I said, which had no no chances for me really to conceive, right, <laughs> except for overstimulating my ovaries when I feel blown like heck. So... 
I didn't do a thing really because, as I said, we didn't. They couldn't find the cause, right? Disappointing from that, uh, kind of turned me away from doing either the dietitian, even though I wanted to deal with nutrition at the begin to begin with, um, and just investigating more of the holistic approaches. And I love the idea of looking at the body as the whole and actually as the whole unit, right, as a system, and trying to identify those little root causes, right, of what could be potentially like causing certain things. It's kind of fascinating, right? It's just like trying to find that little piece of puzzle, right, when you have like your whole puzzle all over the table, right, and you start like putting those pieces First, at once, right, you feel kind of like frustrated because you don't know where to start until you find the first two pieces, right, and the puzzle start start building up, right, self. So this is exactly how I look at what I'm doing, right, when I find a little piece and I start building up on it. Now you talk a lot about guidelines and building up. Do you value, those, those sort of sound like words an entrepreneur would say, and do you sort of value that? freedom and that sort of ability to expand sort of elaborate on that what do you actually value out of life as a business person just like you mentioned freedom right so we all want to be free to what we want to do when i work for the corporate right because i went through from lawyer right i was i was lawyer back in russia so when i moved here to canada I changed my profession to banking so i was the investment specialist uh in the credit union here in town which was quite an entrepreneurial position because I was serving three branches here in town. Uh, my boss was in different city. However, they still had their own guidelines, right? So I couldn't do certain things which I thought would be beneficial for my clients, right? Could I go with uh, financial planning? I could, but that was not my passion, right? So I always talk about the values, right, and passions. And as I said, my passion is health and uh, my value is freedom. And this is exactly which two things are combined, which makes you happy and complete. When we do this more and more often, what type of advice would you give to somebody in order to find what makes them happy and complete as well? Just asking the right question, right? What could you do to feel happy, right? We all like go with whatever somebody else told you, right? Just like I was told by my parents that choose the profession is going to uh, keep you money, right? It was going to give you a lot of money, <laughs> right? Lawyers, medical professions, right? If you think about it. Unfortunately, in Russia, medics are not getting paid as well as here in Canada, right? So I would probably go with the medical back then. But so yes, I chose the profession which was giving you money, right? So at the same time, when I went into the profession, I was, uh, in, um, I was working for the big um, international corporation for five years. And I had money. I felt miserable. So I was literally finding different companies, right, to work for within the same area. And no matter which interview I would go, I still wouldn't feel that happiness, right? Even though I would get offers from different companies with bigger salaries, it still was not a completing feeling, right? When I was here in Canada, right, and I chose the professional for this reason, right, because I didn't feel fulfilled at the profession, I thought that helping people to establish their finances, something that I'm also good at, right, this is my strength. And then, again, it was not a passion either, right? I didn't feel that this is the right choice for me. I loved helping people, right? But unfortunately, the financial professionals also have their own borders, right, and limitations. So I didn't want to deal with that either. So that's how I moved to the passion which I knew that I had since I was a teenager, right? So asking yourself the right question, right? What could you be doing? Like, if you think right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I hate my work, like every single... Actually, I can tell you the real story where I went from my math leave, I went back to work, and I literally was crying in front of the office, right? That's how miserable I felt, right? Even though I love my clients. And asking the question, right? If right now you're thinking, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, this is the only thing I know what I can do, right? Asking the question, what could you do? right? To feel happy, right? What could you do to earn money and feel happy, right? And what are some final pieces of words of advice you would like to give to the audience? So for girls who are trying to conceive, right? So knowing that you're not alone, because as I said, a lot of the times this topic is covered with mystery, right? And part of it is because a lot of, um, Countries, right, are putting certain expectations for women, right? Knowing that you're not alone. There are a lot of women in the community which have absolutely similar 
problems, right? Where you can feel supported, where you can uh, feel hope, right? Something that drives us, right? When we have no hope, like we're pretty much dead, right? Inside. So knowing that you have a hope and finding and being your own advocate, actually, for your own health, right? Not relying that your doctor knows everything because there is no individual on earth that knows everything. <laughs> they are professionals, that is true. They have some abilities, right? So they have some knowledge, they have some resources. At the same time, if you don't understand what's going inside your body, you won't know if your doctor is actually your advocate and not advocate for the some sort of pharmaceutical company. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. It was definitely a great talk. Thank I you. I learned so quite a bit. Yeah, so we went over an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Jimbo Paris, and this is the Jimbo Paris Show. Thank you again, okay? Thank you so much, Jimbo. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. 